coming to you from the City Roses. This is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today, I'm excited to have Jamie Butler join us from Lash Base. Yes, it's uh, hard to believe it's been four years since we've known Jamie and we never got on our podcast. So this is really exciting for him to finally come. And it's mainly because, well, if you haven't been following Lash Base, Jamie's been in the United States for the last month or so, and he's been launching their, opening their U.S. branch. And we're excited that we finally got the schedule lined up to have him come on and talk about that. That's actually one of the things we're going to talk about is just what's it been like, what's going on. It's been a two-year journey, guys. They literally had to shut down their U.S. branch, I think, just like a few days, if I remember, because COVID hit. Bad timing, right? Spent a ton of money and had to put it on hold for two years. And now they're excited. They open. They're going strong. It's exciting news. And we're going to talk about that. But then the second part, we're going to talk about unpopular opinions, something that Jamie does on Instagram page that's become very popular for him to do. And we're really excited to have him come on and allow us, Tess and I, to share some of our unpopular opinions. And then Jamie's going to share some of his. Normally, Jamie doesn't share his opinions. He'll just get you guys around Instagram to share them. And then, you know, you get to see, oh, wow, that's a weird one. Well, now today, Tustin and I and Jamie are all going to take a chance that you may not want to follow us anymore after some of our opinions are shared. And that's a risk that we're willing to do. In fact, that's something I think we do all the time on our podcast. We do a lot of unpopular opinions here. So it'll be nothing new for us, but we're excited to sit down with Jamie and share those. And that's just going to be the second half of this show today. And then, because we did so many of them, we're going to come back and have Jamie come back next week, and we're going to share more unpopular opinions next week. And if you can do it and still be listening to us after these two episodes, then we're in the same tribe. I think you're okay. By the way, you don't have to agree with us. We are a big tent, as we always like to say, and you can have different opinions, and we can still be friends. That's okay. We're not about everyone just do it our way, and if you can't, you can't be with us. We are kind of like the nerds, and we understand that we all kind of do things differently and have our own ways of doing it. But it is important, though, to question everything and then verify. Do you best to make sure that what you believe is actually true and not just because someone told you so if you have an idea and the answer is well why do you believe that it's like well that's because my last trainer told me well that's not verifying that's you just repeating what someone else told you better is like well you know what i learned this from my last trainer then they went out and tested it and guess what i found out it's actually true there you go that's that's how you do it all right, just a couple quick announcements, guys. We have, I believe, when this comes out, maybe a week to our Lash Anarchist event where we're going to be teaching Tustin. He's going to be teaching her Lash Retention and Styling course. I don't know if we, by the time we're recording this, I don't know if we have anything left. But if we do, you can go on and buy your tickets today and use our discount code, Scottsdale300, all one word, Scottsdale300, and that's 300300. And you can basically get $300 off and only pay $1,500 for Tustin's training. If it's sold out, don't worry, we got more trains. We're going to be in Austin, Texas in April, New York in May, and Los Angeles in June. And you can go and buy tickets there. Don't have discount codes for those, but you can still get in. And we have three we have payment plans for all these. So you can divide them into three payments. So you don't have to do a lump sum. You can just pay 33% down now. And then over the next two months after that, pay another 33-33. So you can save a lot of money that way, make it a little bit more easy to digest. I get it. This is a lot of money. But I promise you, when you're done, your retention for your class will be much longer longer, which means you can charge more and you will make more money. And that's pretty much all I have, guys, for you for announcements. So let's get in with Jamie, where we're going to talk about first about the big move and all the things that I had to wrestle through to get this U.S. branch open. And then we'll get into my favorite part, talking about our unpopular opinions. Hey guys, we're 
in the Lashcast Studios, excited to finally, after a four-year desire to have him on our show, Jamie Butler is here from Lash Base. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thank you for having me. I can't believe it has been four years of you, uh, well, I say of you begging me to come on. It hasn't been quite like that. <laughs> me begging you in the beginning and you going, who is this guy from England? No, and then, we're on yeah. our hands. Anyway, four years and here we are. Yeah, four years. And my first introduction to you is when you put that video of the German movie. Downfall. You know, Downfall was getting bad lash retention. And I saw that on Facebook and I instantly fell in love with everything you do. <laughs> I have to tell you that that was our first introduction to you. And we were just fans from the get go. That video and how you dubbed it or, you know, yeah. you put the subtitles in just revealed so much of your comic genius. It just was fantastic. I know you shouldn't laugh at your own jokes, but I was finding it so funny as I was <laughs> like typing those sentences and things. And it's one of those where quite like now I favor like short short quick comedy because it's easy when I'm in the middle of like I'm my job isn't just to be someone that you laugh at you know what I mean it's yeah. uh it's more than that so now I squeeze in like the quick funny stuff if I can but that was a good time when I got to sit and just like write out the sentences for that and funny I enjoyed it I have seen that so many times but every time I laugh so hard because like you really really get it Paul when he showed it to me he's like I really wish that I had thought of this this is so brilliant <laughs> yeah so kudos to you and we may have to bring back the last con again I swear it is it's so like, good it's, it's, it is it is classic it's like Lord of the Rings like in terms of like <laughs> Productions, it, it so captures that first thought that, you know, blaming the client and the human, you know, not yeah. understanding. Yeah. If you haven't seen by the way, is it still out there, Jamie? Can you still find it if you look for it? it? I believe it is. It should still be on our on YouTube somewhere. Okay. If not, I can I can find it. Yeah, yeah, no, what, if you could, but it would be cool. I, I won't promise we'll have this. Maybe you can, if you find it, you can email it and I can share the link in the bio in our show notes. So if anyone wants to see it, it really is comedy genius so anyhow that's not what we're here we're actually here to hang out with you and talk not about youtube videos from four or five years ago but to talk about two things one we want to get an update because i know lash base is making huge moves and is now invade the british invasion has started in the united states we're excited to have you guys here but we want to talk about that just for a second but then we really want to dig in and talk about really probably the thing that Jamie's most known for on his Instagram page, aside from he has great reels, but it's his unpopular opinion segment that he does where he lets you guys share stuff that you secretly know or think, and you're maybe afraid to let people know because you don't think everyone's in 100% agreement with you. And we thought Tuss and I and Jamie would actually share some of our own personal unpopular, unpopular opinions. opinions, which I wrote out really in about five minutes. I wrote 20. So I'm so excited to get into this <laughs> section. I mean, I think this is going to be a great talk. So, so a lot of you may not listen to us anymore. So goodbye. Thanks for being our guest or watching us for all these years or listening all these years. We uh, really have enjoyed your company, but hopefully you won't be too offended. But we'll get into a little bit more details on that in a second. But first, let's find out about what's going on with Lash Base because this has been something you guys have been doing, working on now for over two years, almost as long as you've known us practically, right? So what's going on? Right. Yeah. Uh, so firstly, as well, like just I know we're going to go into these unpopular opinions. And for the record, we both don't know what the other one is going to talk about, do we? Like we said last night on a normally like when you have these interviews, you get sent and anyone that's been on a podcast or film recorded podcast questions are exchanged beforehand. Everybody knows kind of what's going to be spoke about. We decided it would be a good idea to not prepare each other mm -hmm. for what we're going to be talking about, which <laughs> is either going to be brilliant or a car crash. And we're, and 
the end, but yeah. we'll see. So yeah, um, with Lashbase, we've finally opened our distribution center warehouse offices here in, we're in Georgia, along the East Coast. We've been open in the UK, for anybody that doesn't know, we've been open in the UK for 13 years now wow. as Lashbase. The business was started uh, by my mum and it was a case of, she was always a stay-at-home mum. We all then moved out and obviously in our own homes and houses and flats and things like that and she was then sat at home with nothing to do she had completed the job that she she took on she that was it so she's there sat, I don't know 42 or 45 years old and I thought what do I do now I need something to keep me busy something to give me some extra pocket money for whatever um and then that is where I won't go into like all the full story unless you want me to but that is where she found lashes and then from 13 years ago, being that early, having my dad, her husband, who just so happened to have always had his own business too, and at back then happened to be a techie. So he was, back again, back then, it was so important, Google SEO, which yeah. it still is now. And he helped my mum with the website. It was a terrible looking website. But if you went onto Google and searched anything Lash related, you just could not avoid lash base back then, like back then. Yeah, that's and that's cool. how things started with my mum. My mum started doing really well. And she spoke to all of her sons. She got three sons. And she said, look, I really need some help. For me, it was a case of, Jamie, can you come and help with the Facebook page, please? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and that was as simple as she, what it was. But she said, I really need to bring on some employees, some staff. And I would rather give money to my family than to someone I don't know or don't trust. And that's both lovely and both shows that my mum can't let go of things, which is a big problem for a lot of people that yeah. run businesses, getting to that point where you say, I need to let go. So it's kind of cheating to say, I'll get my family in because <laughs> then it's half and half, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, we've been the biggest or one of the biggest, like you'll, you never know, do you? But one of the biggest in the UK, most established for the entirety of the time that Lashface has been around and grown with the industry. It got to a point where we had a discussion three, maybe four years ago as to what was our future, what was our next steps, because we were doing well enough to think that we could just decide that let's continue as we are. And we've all, I think at this time, there was a couple of our, my brothers, like mine and my brother's wife were pregnant. And it was, my mum is desperate to become just Nana now. She just yeah. wants that. And it was like, we could all just stop. We own our warehouses in the UK. So we've got that. And if things went wrong, we've got the investment to be able to lease out these buildings. We've got, we had everything sort of planned. But although my mum would love to slow down, she's got three sons, myself included, that are just getting started. And and wanted something almost as our own, I guess. So, you know, you have that pride of like, oh, I did that. And the decision was we have a, had a small customer base in the US already, but because of all of shipping costs, shipping times, culture, just everything, to be a success in the US, it, we felt we needed to be here. And we made the decision to do what we could and come and open up in, in the US. And then COVID happened. So, I know. Yeah. I, I remember like you, you guys landed and, and then you got the warehouse, you got all set up and then the shutdown. How many weeks before the shutdown happened did you actually get where you were? Like a few weeks, a month? How long were you here for? Well, we had been here getting everything ready. Uh, we had had uh, the majority of our stock deliveries, inventory deliveries, and we were three days from going live. 
three days and I'm in this room I'm sat in right now doing this podcast call was when my I remember it and I've got I filmed it on my phone I've still got the video my brother had his laptop open to watching Trump say about a nationwide emergency yeah. like because yeah. it was all new it was all and we're watching that thinking oh no and then at the same time the UK prime minister was shutting down the country so we're all panicking our wives and kids were out here with us yeah we had to change their flights, send them home early. We were here going, oh, it's just a, it's just a cold, isn't it? We'll all be fine. It'll all be over in it'll be over just in a couple of weeks. It'll be all good. Two yeah, years later. so we were here, and it it got to a serious point of the lockdowns, which we had to just fly home. But again, we've always, up until like now for two years now, believed for some reason that in two months everything will be okay. In two months, it will start to because you just didn't know. And then there yeah. were new variants. And then there was the the big issue that the US didn't let anybody in. So regardless of what was going on around the world, the US wasn't letting anybody in. So we couldn't actually come into the country. In fact, the side note for people, Jamie, the first day he was allowed in was on our last day of LashCon. And Jamie was supposed to be here at LashCon. And literally they said, you can come on Monday. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> so heartbreaking. We saw the news and it was like from early November, we're going to be allowed in and that was it. And obviously LashCon was the 5th through 8th, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think. Was, yeah. And the 8th was the first day that anybody from outside of the US was allowed in the country. And But from that day, my mum and my brother flew out here to get the ball rolling again because we, we had bought a house. The house had been sat empty for two years. <laughs> uh, we needed to make sure that was okay. Uh, we still, luckily, we, we kept on our staff that we've got here now mm. two members of staff and um we've been paying them for the two years wow. uh which they haven't had anything to do apart from every now and again they have had to come into the office to receive a mm. delivery or send a delivery back because we had lots of perishables the liquids mm. yeah. here and when it started getting near to that sort of like they're only going to have six months left we had to ship them from the us to the uk so that they could then be sold and used which has meant then when we've come out now, we've had to reinvest in all of that again. Yeah. So we're a lot of in money and investment into this. However, this is long-term. Like we have no no thought that in the first six months, this is all of a sudden we're going to be this massive Lash brand that everybody knows in the US. Like we're, we're under no illusion there. So we've opened up. We had that initial, but like it's only been a week so far as of recording this. It's mm. only been a week. We had that like initial, we had a sale for launch. It was like r- the busiest, uh, most orders we've had over like a three, four day period ever. So that was exciting. Um, however, now it's it's gone down to a more like normal level. Um, but we are already bigger than we were from shipping in the UK to the US from just being open here. So we've got a long way to go. And yeah, we're making a lot of mistakes already. We having to like, this is probably going to sound completely normal to you, but (laughs) in the UK, everybody expects to place an order and it comes next day and it should be free or maybe one or two pounds. Like You shouldn't be paying for shipping and it should be instant. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the US, if you're coming from us on the East Coast to you on the West Coast, Apparently, it's normal for it to be five to seven days. It can be, yeah, ground, yeah. If you use, are you using UPS, I guess, or FedEx, or we're with FedEx at the moment. But again, all of these things could change. So 
We're currently trying to use as much as possible the two-day air FedEx okay, yeah. because so far the experience we've had from the people that have ordered is they can't believe how quick shipping is. So we're still sticking with our $6 two-day shipping. Like we're being charged $11 for it, which apparently is quite a good deal. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it is. It is a good deal. Yeah. yeah. That's good. So we're subsidizing the shipping costs for the the air just so we can give people that really because we've already seen people, they're not obviously people are posting their pictures on Instagram of their products, but we're seeing people posting saying, I can't believe how quick this was. That's awesome. Like and that's 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 another thing. So that's a great customer service experience because people do have this expectation, you know, you, you know, with Amazon. Well, you Amazon, order something yeah. and it should be in my hand as soon as I finish I can, ordering it. I can order Amazon at midnight and the next morning at ten have the package. That's how fast Amazon gets things now. And I think that's becoming the gold standard, sadly, for a lot of smaller yeah. businesses who aren't quite as big as Amazon. And so the fact <laughs> that you're still doing two days and or second day it ship is, is inc- still great. You know, exceeding people's expectations. And I'm sure for you guys, because England is not quite as big as the United States as far as geography, right? I'm guessing for you guys, that's part of the adjustment. It's like, oh, crap. It's not just a six-hour drive. If I drive across the country, it's going to take me three days. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the state we're in, I think Georgia might even be bigger than England, like I, I believe it is. So wow. even just our state. So we've got lots of adjustments that we're trying to make, lots of different changes. But yeah, we're here for a, a long run and a lot of life changes because there's a lot of now traveling involved. There's a lot of like a different adjustments. There's language barriers. I just can't believe. Like I thought we all talked. English, American English, whatever. <laughs> We're saying things yesterday. And uh, again, this any uh, hopefully that US people listening would know this or not know this. We're talking about the thickness of lashes to the staff. And my brother was sat next to the member of staff. And he, he said, if you could just add a, a specific lash to the car, because we're going through staff training. And he called it a, uh, he said, a 0.07. Uh, what? <laughs> what is that? And we learned yesterday that the number zero yeah. is not referred to as naught. No, it is not. Naught? Naught, yeah. That was like, what are you talking about? That's great. That's great. And this is, so any UK, any UK lash artist listening right now will be going, what do you mean they don't know what naught is? Like, yeah. So funny. So we, we talk and we're saying, like, if you just had a 0.07, if it's going to be a 0.0 point this, it's, and yeah. Wow, I've never heard you say that before. So that's really interesting. But I guess we don't generally no. 0.07. Well, well, can, I, can I just say my favorite misunderstanding with the language, it, it comes from Halloween costumes and fancy, fancy dress. What, you call it fancy yeah. dress, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I had a friend who was English and he was looking for costumes and so he called the store and said do you have fancy dress here and the people were like yeah we have some fancy dresses people would and he's like no there's nothing here anyway I think that's just so funny that misunderstanding see oh, this is the thing to me that was just a normal conversation you're just saying yeah I yeah. just brought, I rung up to see if I'll get any fancy dress but yeah we're going through a lot of that and I could go on about all the different things when we're saying to the staff could you just put that rubbish in the bin yeah. <laughs> they're like what what is that? The, the trash in the trash can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh that's awesome. Well, or what about the letter Z? You call it Z. Z. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's so funny because what was that movie? They they were the they used the Z for Z, and I forget which movie it was. But anyhow, it was like Z the, and I had no idea. I said, why did they call it the movie Z or something like that? And my son Cole, our middle child, he's, he actually knows these things. He goes, Cole, Dad, that's how, that's, they, say that's how they say it in English. It's not vitamin Z it's, or vitamin Z. 
It's, yeah, so. yeah, the thing I realised why the English are wrong with that one is when you sing the alphabet and it ends with, it should be <laughs> Z, next X, time y. won't you sing with me, yeah. whereas yeah. it's Z, <laughs> next time won't you sing with me. So, yeah, I get that one. But, yeah. Or sing to your dead or something like that. That would be the <laughs> English version. <laughs> Anyhow, well, that's great. And I'm excited that you guys are here. We are big fans of Lash Base. And, and part of it is if you guys aren't following Jamie and Lash Base, they are super generous. Provide so much value. Yeah, they give away so much information. They just help the industry. They love our industry. And, and that's not true about every brand out there. Some people, I feel like, are, you know, have just, you know, doing, different it's a job and different values. But I've always felt Lash Base at the heart was a, a real passion for people. Very generous. And customer service and just making sure you guys succeed. And so for that, we're really grateful that you guys are bringing that to the States and bringing some of that British love to U.S. So it's, it's really cool. I have a quick question, Jamie. Are you going to do any, like, launch or any kind of, like, special announcement or sale or to kind of reintroduce your brand to the American audience? Is there any plans like that? Well, when we did, when we launched a week ago, we had a 30% off everything sale. Um, and we already we already had an email list of, I think it's uh, three to 4,000 from previous and people signed up for our text messaging as well. Because we're finding, uh, I don't know about you, if you've got a text message list yet, but text message marketing for us is amazingly efficient and works so well and it's cheaper and is easier for someone that's not creative like myself because if you want to make a, a good looking email i have to get someone else to do it whereas sending a text message it's one sentence that says something so uh, yeah and then you so should click a link right and, and just, everybody's yeah. on their phone i mean it's the most convenient thing ever yeah, we had our opening sale, which like I said, that was like, it was when you we look, were looking through our Google Analytics. The busiest day we had ever had on the website was on Cyber Monday this year. And the opening day on Tuesday, the 18th that we had was um, outdone our Cyber Monday for traffic on the website and and orders and everything. So it was it was a really good sale. And we're on a mission to, although we want to scale sensibly, like we want to be able to give everybody that lash-based customer service. Everyone needs to be able to get the time to make them, rather than just trying to get everybody in, get all the products out the door. We need everybody to experience lash-based. Like we need them to, so we're, we're not trying to be stupid, but we are aiming at scaling quicker than uh, what the rate the rate we were trying to grow the business when we were in the UK sort of thing. So we're going to try and be a little more active with certain deals and stuff as we're going. So people will notice probably more deals going on in the US than in the UK, just because sometimes if you want to try a new brand, it's better when it doesn't cost you a lot. Yeah. That's right. It's very enticing. But then equally, I'm a massive believer of brand and building that desire where you should be able to have a successful either fully booked business or people buying things from you with zero discounts. People should want to buy your products because they want to buy your products or they want your services. And that's also like almost like trying to do it all. So we cover a, a, a lots of people because although we know who we are in the UK and we're going to carry on being ourselves, we're not stupid that we wouldn't pivot our business to make sure it fits in with where it potentially sits here in the U.S. market as well. By the way, that's a difficult path that every lash artist growing their business struggles with. This whole idea, do I discount? Do I give people incentives to try me? Because, you know, maybe they're they're struggling to find new clients. And so they they sit there and have to figure out like, okay, what do, how do I do this? So it sounds like you guys are wrestling with that same idea and want to not 
become the discount brand of the United States where mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, just buy them only when they're cheap. But yeah, you want to create this value brand where people just want to buy it because they love being associated with the brand. They love what you guys are about, your mission, and they feel like that rubs off on them, represents them well as a lash artist. So I can totally get that. And I'm sure a lot of people right now are going, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to build my business without devaluing myself as a lash artist. To do that is a long-term, you've got to have patience. You've got to be consistent. You've really got to commit to wanting to build your brand and wanting to do that. But I know I'm such a believer that that works because like for me, there are certain things I buy, like clothing brands that I buy that is because I really fell for the brand. Like I might've been listening to a podcast and heard one of the owners on a podcast, which then led me to search, to listen to more, to find more, to follow them on Instagram, to go through and see what they're doing, to then sign up to their email list, like everything. And then now, as soon as they say, we've got a new something coming, it makes me go, oh, well, I must buy it then. I must, I must. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's what we hope we can achieve as well with Lashbase is build such a strong brand, such a strong community that people want to be part of. Provide the social proof in terms of word of mouth. People saying, yes, exactly what they're saying is true. I've improved because of them. I've, or I've improved with them, with their help, rather not because of, because obviously yeah. if you're a Lash artist, doing well. And we're hoping that people, we can build that type of brand as well. Yeah, and I think the patience is the biggest key for anyone building a business. And I know, like for us, our podcast, we're in our fourth year. And I went back and looked at our first year. Our first full year, we only had 35,000 downloads. (laughs) And I look at now, I'm like, we get that more in like just three weeks than we did in a whole year. So it takes time. It's not something you just overnight build a business and you have thousands of customers or lash artists, you know, hundreds of customers in their salon or the business. You just got to just keep at it and realize, you know, this is a two, three, four, five year journey, not just a six month. Ten year journey. Uh, A good friend of ours, Christine from Island Lash, she had a post yesterday, which I thought was brilliant. And it was just like, face it, you're in it for the long haul and it's not an overnight success thing. It's going to take like three to five to 10 years. Yeah. That is a great example as well, because I remember meeting her at LashCon in 2019, and she had a small booth. I think she was the one with the, I've got me hula hooping, yeah. you know, yes. hula dress and yeah. co- coconuts. Coconuts on you um, and everything. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and I think she, back then she was uh, must have been new. And to see where she's at now, how the branding's changed, how her she puts herself out there with all the all of her reels that she made, everything like that, I think she's doing it right. So she's, yeah, you'll see in... A few years' time, I'm sure she'll still be around. So, yeah, yeah, that's a great example. Great example. Yeah, we love her. And she actually had one of the nicest booths at LashCon. She went all out. We actually told people, please be cool with the booths. Don't go crazy because our booths are not standard show size, like 10 by 10 or 10 by 20. They were like 7 by 6. So I said, just be modest or take, you know, don't spend a lot. And then she goes out and buys and builds this amazing booth and spent a ton of money on it. But it, it worked for her. I mean, people were flooding her booth the whole weekend and so she's all in and and it is taking her time we've known her since like 2013 2014 yeah she's one of my bestie lash friends yeah 2013 we've connected and seen her grow and blossom and again it's like here we are almost eight years later and she's just now i think blowing up so i think it's one of those things yeah if you're in business guys just remember i know you see everyone doing things on instagram and you just instantly jealous usually i want to be that i wish that happened but it it just doesn't have, I mean, even Jamie with the U.S., right? It's been two years now, and you guys are just now getting started. And this has been a three- or four-year journey. So, anyhow, for those, it's hard, I know, when you're young especially, 
when I was in my 20s, I wanted everything now. And it's just, it's hard. So, but uh, hopefully you're encouraged that success can come. It usually just takes persistence. So anyhow, let's get into our unpopular opinions because I really felt like this is something that we really could be fun. And I have no idea. We may, um, this may just go on and on and we'll just have to call at some point, maybe have you back or maybe we'll just extend it. We'll just work it out. But I did want to put some ground rules out there for people so they understand why we're doing this. We're not doing this because we want to make fun of flash artists. We're not sitting here um, poking each other and, and, and elbowing each other going, I can't believe artists think this idea, how dumb they are. That's not what we're doing. We're actually in some ways being a little vulnerable here because I think we think or see things a little bit differently. And we see some things I think a lot of people may actually, you may listen to this and go, Paul or Tessany or Jamie think that? Oh my gosh. I mean, hopefully this is more of us just being open and honest and showing a little humility and leading by example saying, hey, you know what? It's okay to have sometimes ideas out there that are not quite the status quo because know what? This is where creativity comes in. And this is where we find new ideas and we explore the, the horizon and see what is possible outside of the little set narrow path that we sometimes find ourselves on. Because we, as Jamie, we were talking before this says, we like to ask the question, why? Like, why do we believe this? And just dig in. Cause often the answer ends up being because my last trainer told me, and that's fine. But maybe the last trainer, if you ask them, they'll go, well, that's because my last trainer told me, and you actually never get back to the real beginning of that idea of where did that come from? And I like, I, you know, I'll just show an example, which a lot of people now know is not true that you can get your lashes wet. But for the longest time, people for Lily, we were washing lashes back in 2006, 2007. And we were told we were idiots. And we went, well, we've read the science though about how sound oracles work. And we understand that the reason why people basically said, do not get lashes wet or get lashes wet was because basically in commercial uses back in, probably back in the early 2000s when lash companies took over, they just went back and read the rules for commercial purposes. And somewhere in there, someone probably wrote in the thing, oh, by the way, if you use it, it's going to shock cure. It's going to do this. So just in general, just let it cure these large applications where you're using it for machinery and all this big stuff. And that got pulled in the last world and no one ever questioned it or tested it until basically the last five years, we've seen a real shift in our industry. So that's where we're at. I Hopefully, people, if you're listening, you're not going to be mad and going, oh, my gosh, Jamie's making fun of me because Jamie does that a lot. We're just going to I apologize and they're ready for Jamie. No, that, no, really, the truth is, guys, we come with all humility with the idea that we just like to poke at the tire and, and see maybe if there's some other possibilities here. Maybe there's some other ideas, and, and we'll yeah. just see where it goes from there. And we're not above this. In fact, yeah. before we even got on this, we confessed to each other that we believed some of these things, too, when we first started. Yeah. You know, And by talking about them and asking why, that's when we grew yeah, and so what we'll do, like Jamie said, we're going to just throw out unpopular opinions, his, ours, back and forth, and then we'll ask each other what we think and because why we, we think that. Because we don't know, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be... Might be scary. Yeah, it could be, <laughs> but you know what? I think we're hey, all no, I'm, I am fully prepared, fully prepared to be completely wrong, completely embarrassed, yes. and probably hide from Instagram for a few weeks after this episode <laughs> goes live. Um, yeah. I'm, also, I'm also hoping, I really hope, I come out with one of my unpopular opinions or just... Straight, it's just my opinion. Obviously, it's not unpopular, maybe, but one of my opinions, and I hope that you can explain to me your opinion on that. And then by the end of the conversation, I might go, Do you know what? Actually, I have now changed my mind hey. because that is also okay to have to think of things and then understand that what you used to think, like for example, get you can't get your lashes wet. Like I, I too, when I first was in the industry, was somebody that would push that. I remember the the uh, aftercare cards that we mm. um, that we sell and the free download stuff that 
they said, don't get your lashes wet on for, for a long length of time. And it, it took you guys, it took other people just keep saying that you can and here's why you can and here's why. And to eventually go, should we try it? Like, like should we? <laughs> the holy grail. And then, and then it happens. And then when you start thinking about, like you just explained, then the science of how it actually works, you think, why did I ever believe? Like, but then I guess doctors used to prescribe cigarettes. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was the same so, in England, but the the rule was uh, in the U.S. After you've eaten, you can't go in the swimming pool. You can't go in the ocean for thirty minutes you'll because you'll get cramps. You'll get cramps. And it wasn't until I mean, yeah, it was like we literally, as kids, had to wait before we could go back. Did that happen in England too? Were you okay? I, I, I still think fifty percent of people believe that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so. And because I I one day tested this, I'm going in, I'm going to check this theory out. And I survived, no cramps, nothing happened. And then I just made me like, why do I believe this? But yeah, that's, yeah, the cramps one. Now I would just throw my kids in while they're eating. All right, you're eating, go in the pool, you know. um, But all right, let's get into these unpopular opinions. We're going to let you start. And I want you share one of your unpopular opinions. Okay. One of my unpopular opinions, or at least a hot topic that I would like to both discuss our opinions on it is going to be that hand testing tweezers. Hmm. So my opinion on hand, and again, there's always like this. So you need so much context to all of this. I think I've recently posted a video reel to ask people's opinions to open up the discussion because there's so much to it. But uh, hand testing tweezers, is it worth it? Is it possible to do it at scale? Like if you're a, a lash brand that's selling 3000 tweezers, like when you work through the maths of what true hand testing tweezers would entail, what you're suggesting is that somebody that is a professional that knows how to make fans, so they have to be a professional. And if you imagine how much a professional lash artist would earn, and then you work out how long it would actually take to hand test tweezers properly. Like, for example, you would want to use maybe two or three techniques with this to make a fan just to make sure. Would you then use 0.07, sorry, 0.07s <laughs> and, uh, and 0.03s and make mega volume normal fans? All of this, you could work out. Could you try again? Sorry, my phone. Seriously. <laughs> <doesn't make>, um, <laughs> could you then work out? how long that would take. And, and we were trying to do the maths on it. And we were thinking, okay, this might take somebody seven minutes, a professional seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And if you think how many tweezers could they realistically test to then sign off as good in a period of time, how much would that cost? And we were working out the salary required for someone. You would ask, you'd be asking a professional lash artist to give up their job to test tweezers full time and only test tweezers, not actually do lashes. And then people have different techniques, different hand sizes, different requirements and preferences. Like there's so much to it that for me, I can't see how hand testing is one scalable mm-hmm. and two something that I suppose it might be different in the US with some of the prices of the tweezers if you're charging something yeah. that covers those costs. But yeah, so that was the my first unpopular opinion is I'm not sure if hand testing tweezers is the way to go. But I do have my opinion and the answer to that. Oh. And something that we've come across fairly recently, um, at Lash Base anyway, is it actually, it does depend a lot on the manufacturing because we had a manufacturer that we used and when trying to do hand testing and it took eight tweezers to find one that was suitable. 
Now, if you imagine, we don't sell expensive tweezers. So if you think each one of those, the cost of our tweezers to us times eight, just to find one that could be sold potentially. And we thought that's where we were thinking, this just can't work. How does this work? But we've since found a manufacturer where it's more like 80 or 90% do the job you want. Um, so yeah, what's your opinion on hand testing tweezers? I'll jump in after Tuss. I have definitely a thought on this. Well, like you said, Jamie, if you were to hire a professional to do that, the seven minutes a day and how many times would you have to do that? It's really going to increase because of the labor, it's going to increase the price of that tweezer. My thoughts were very, very similar to yours. It's like, it really does rest in the, you know, the manufacturer that you're picking. If you're really going for a cheaper tweezer where it's, they're really not, their focus isn't quality control. This is how it started is that people were buying tweezers mass on mass and they weren't the greatest quality. So they would have to check them before they give you a dud pair. I guess in some ways that can be a nice guarantee that, you know, you're not going to get a, a dud one, but I think it's up to the company that's providing the tweezers to have a really good customer service, a guarantee that if there's something not right with the tweezers, they're going to replace it. And it also, I think it shows a lot of foresight and discernment for a company to be able to negotiate with a manufacturer that has such a high success rate, like an 80%. So if a company is saying we don't hand test in some ways, I mean, it's kind of mind shattering to think in some ways I would trust that because they're not going to invest a ton of money and product that they can only use one out of eight, right? And for those, it's a mind shift to think, okay, well, if we're not going to brag about hand testing, it means that they don't have to. But um, anyway, that's, that's, those are my thoughts. For me, I look at it as just, you can't scale. And I've always wanted this because I see a lot of businesses bragging. We hand test everything. I'm like, there's no way when you get to a certain size that you can say that anymore, it just financially is impossible. So you have a cost analysis. You have to sit down, you have to go, what's the rate of return versus what does it cost to test every last, right? That's your, you're, you're going to measure those two costs. And at some point, every large lash brand comes to, I'm sure this conclusion, like it's easier for us to replace them than to test them all. And it's cheaper to do that. As long as you find, like you said, a brand that develops them. Now from everything I understand, almost our tweezers come from Pakistan and, and I know there's other countries, but Pakistan is definitely one of the leading ones. And everything I understand is they're all handmade. They're not, there's not these big machines punching out tweezers. So there's a lot of variables. So there's a lot of variables, and that's why there's so much failure, because these are literally handmade. And I'm not sure, maybe there's other, op- I'm sure there's other options out there, higher-end options, but I, and I don't know what you guys use. But I, was, I would assume at some point, if that's what most, I know small companies are using, Hand testing it can be a great selling point if you're small and there's a couple of people and you're like, yeah, we hand test. I know some companies actually have hand testing parties where they get people over and they all just scale their lash artists together and they pump out through a couple hundred tweezers and, and they eliminate a bunch. But I, I do not see and does not make sense as a business proposition financially to say that when if you get to the point where you're a 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollar company that you have the, the time and the energy to have people sit in rooms all day testing that many tweezers. I just think it's impractical and then probably financially unreasonable for a company to do that. And so then you stand behind the product like you probably do with all your other products and just say, if you don't like it, it's not working, we will return, we'll exchange it. Yeah, what you said and how you explained it is um, uh, now that we have a tweezer manufacturer that we're confident in, now this is uh, the, the the US products are due with us soon because take, they take ages to get manufactured. Yeah. They're in the UK now, but what we've, we're currently offering 
uh, with our tweezers because we're so confident is um, in the quality of them is we offer a 30 day money back guarantee. So you can buy it. If you don't like it, send it back. No questions asked yeah. money back. In 30 days. That's a generous yeah. window. Yeah. <clears throat> and we batch hand test. So we'll get say 10% of what has arrived, test them. And if the, a certain percentage of those do not pass the test, we will then have to test another oh, yeah. like, to get that level. But if the first batch passes that test, we will continue. And then the little extra on top of that, we have added free, we are in England and we will introduce this in the US eventually, is we're offering free accidental damage replacements for a year. Wow. So if you know, like you buy your tweezers and then in like six months you drop them, it's heartbreaking. So we're offering to replace your tweezers because it's a fair use policy. Like there are terms. So like you couldn't just every week decide to throw your tweezers in anger and think that's okay, I'll get some more. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> There's a limit to it, but we've worked it all out. The tweezers are priced reasonably. The quality's great. You get a money back guarantee. It's We believe we've made it. So it's like, why wouldn't you try them? Yeah. Can I just say that is an amazing customer service benefit feature. I have I don't know anybody else that is doing that kind of thing. I think I might have heard one other, but it might have been you guys. <laughs> I'm trying to remember like um, looking online like I think maybe it was you guys that did the replacement uh, guarantee, which I think is brilliant. It is brilliant because that's part of the heartbreaking thing about it, but you're standing behind your quality, you're standing behind but again, this goes back to what I said earlier about you guys. This shows your heart for the artist. Like you guys care about the artist, even if it means taking a little less money for you guys. I think it's a longer, bigger picture win. And I think that's why for us, even we would say this is an application to last artist. That's why we were, we're okay with refunds. We're okay refunding clients that aren't happy because in the long run, that client won't go out and bash you. That client will actually maybe come back if they decided they really like it. I mean, it's just a long-term one. It may feel bad that you missed the mark and things didn't work out and someone wanted their money or whatever it is. But in the end, you're building such good, I think, um, policies that are bigger picture. They're going to create goodwill and people are going to love you and trust you more because of it. That was a good one. Yeah, that is. So let's do one. And you want to do this one to us, the first one here? This is one that's like... Uh, oh, this is a quickie. This is a quickie. It's one that I think most people will be like, no, you don't do this. And so we'll share something that Tuss does that uh, may be controversial. Okay. You can reuse a spoolie if it's sanitized. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of people out there say... It's a disposable. You, you throw should it away. throw it away. Spoolies are not... They're a one-time use only. And so, I mean, you, I don't know if we want... Jamie, you want to just react first and then Tuss will tell you why she thinks it's okay. <laughs> well, I'm open-minded. This is something I have never thought about ah. because you're right. My immediate thought is, well, it's disposable. I haven't even thought that should be reused. Right. Like yeah. the only thought process we ever had have since now is the thought of they are disposable. What can we do to reduce the single-use plastic? Yes. So we've got bamboo ones. Okay. Like that's the only thought that we've had. Not that you could reuse them. So this is this, yeah. I'm interested. So what, okay, what do you think? So when I began to think about this, I'm like, what okay, yes, it is disposable. It's marketed as disposable. It's designed to be thrown away. But then I began to think why? What's what, it made what, of? Yeah. I understand paper applicators or like a sponge tip applicator because it's absorbent, right? But if we can sanitize makeup brushes, now think about this. Makeup brushes oftentimes have a wood base with paint on them. The bristles are natural hair, which can be absorbent. They're usually put in place with glue. 
And the glue is usually a a solvent evaporative glue. It's not like a, a polymer. It means that it can be dissolved in water. So if we can sanitize a makeup brush, why can't we sanitize a plastic spoolie that is not necessarily glued in there? It's just a wire that's been stuck in there. Because the bristles of the spoolie are not absorbent. No, no, nothing's absorbent unless so it's So I thought to bamboo. myself, it's exactly the same kind of thing as a plastic goggle. Or it's less absorbent than a makeup brush even. So if we can sanitize a makeup brush, for sure we can sanitize a if you wash it beforehand and you put it in the quads or whatever it is and you make sure everything's off it then i can't understand why that would be prohibitive that is a great one yeah and our process of cleaning is we put them into a um, ultrasonic um, cleanser which is a lash bath and that goes on for like five minutes which then, cleans it which clean helps clean then you it. rinse it and then you put it in the sanitizer you put it in the sanitizer and, then you and put then, it in the uv cabinet i mean you don't have to do all those steps but we're just anal about those things uh, probably bad you're word. not supposed to say that word anymore <laughs> i told you don't use that word anymore i know i just came out oh I'm my so gosh. sorry <laughs> so wrong i apologize now no. <laughs> All right. So I'm, anyway, that's my that's my. I'm, keep, I'm keeping it together as well here. <laughs> this is a professional. Yes, yes, this is. But I remember I was working with another gal, and I put the the spoolie in the the quads, and she just looked at me and raised her eyebrows. She said, "Those are disposable. You're using those again." And and I kind of challenged her. I said, "Well, why not? What about this product cannot be sanitized? All the surfaces on this, there's even no glue in here." And even if there were glue, you know, I mean, what would that be? You know, it's, and there was no answer. It's kind of like one of those things that you just think, you know, oh, it's a disposable, you can dispose it. But people sometimes reuse plastic bags, like in the kitchen, you know, sandwich bags and stuff like that. And in order to, you know, take care of the environment, you just wash out that plastic bag, even though it's disposable, you can reuse a plastic bag again. Yeah, and we reuse me, and I'm disposable, so that's pretty there nice. There you go. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Let's go back to you, Jamie. What's uh, your turn? Okay, another unpopular opinion I have, and I think this one will split the people listening, is that I believe, and again, there's there's more to this, but I believe that pre-maids or pro-maids have the same retention as handmade volume fans. Amen. Ding, um, ding, ding. Yes, yes. <laughs> High five. I'm with you, brother. <laughs> for me, I think, and the reason why I believe that is because the adhesive we're using is super glue, cyanoacrylate is super glue. Like if you, so if you are getting that bond correct, if you're applying the lash correctly, regardless whether it's classic, flat lash, handmade fan, pro made, pre made, whatever you are applying, if you get that bond, everything correct, that will last as long as the natural lash cycle allows it to. Therefore, it doesn't matter if it's wrapped or if it's pre-made, placed on top or a classic lash. That's my unpopular opinion. And I know there are lots of people that really strongly believe that handmade will last longer. But if done correctly, Mm -hmm. applied correctly, it's the same. It's exactly the same because you've got one item and it's, it's, it's what we call the substrate, what you're gluing something to. And it's all about the properties of that bond, that mechanical fit. It's not because it's been made at this moment, you know, like a, a pro-made one is instantly. I mean, it's how those two pieces are bonded and they physically fit together. It has nothing to do with, oh, this is this kind of fan or, you know, you're absolutely right on about that. And the proof is for us is Tusney used to be classic and then she transitioned into pre-maids and her clients generally go four weeks between appointments, which is 
longer than most places. Most people I talk to, it's two to three weeks. And that's only because, one, it really comes down to technique. We feel like longevity is all about technique. Of course, glue is important, having good glue. But in the end, I think most glues are relatively in the same ballpark. And it's a preference of fast or slow drying glues, whatever works best for you. But when it comes down to it, it's more about your technique that's going to make them last long. Yeah. You basically want to get the best mechanical fit that you can from the extension to the hair. And if you do that properly, it's going to last until it grows out. And you can wash, you can scrub, you can sleep on a cement pillow even if you wanted. And it's not going to move, you know. So you don't have to worry about like washing it or putting oil on it or anything like that. Yeah, we always tell our clients that lashes should make your life easier, not more difficult. But sometimes you hear people say, don't sleep on your pillow, don't do this, don't used to get them wet. All these things. I'm like, man, you're making their life miserable once they get lashes. Why would you want to get lashes? You have to worry about all these rules. It's better to just fix the bond and make the bond better so that they can continue to live their life as they normally do. I'm going to dovetail on that unpopular idea because I think it's brilliant. And I'm going to use that one to talk about our, one of our thoughts. And yeah. this can be really controversial. Yeah, I hope we is... don't lose any friends oh, on this one. Oh, we will. One. We will. All right. But here's my thought. Because it doesn't matter if it's pro-made or it's just about, you know, you can get the same amount of retention. I also don't think that you need um, volume training to, wait, what is it? Yeah, that? you don't need volume training to do pre-mades. And that is going to, I know right now, a bunch of people just turn off their okay. phones and just said, screw you guys. So, so here's the thing. If you're using pre, the reason why I think this is because as long as you bond that pre-made, it's got slightly different properties than a classic, but not too much. It's actually got a greater surface area, right? There's actually more things to grip onto, but as long as you bond that straight to the hair, it's all about the bond. It's all about the way that that, that, pre-made volume lash fits onto the natural hair. You don't need to know how to make that, right? I mean, it's ancillary uh, education. I mean, it would be nice to know, but it's not necessary. It's not necessary. I mean, in order to know, I mean, all you have to understand is the properties of how to bond something properly. Yeah. And you need, you, I, we would say definitely get training for placement and, and design and, and all of those things. Yes, you still need that. So we're not saying don't get training. We're just saying that you don't need to learn to make fans if you want to be an artist now. Like you can learn classic and pre-mades and you can create wonderful designs, great lashes, have a great following and have a great business and never know actually how to make a lash fan. Now, here's the context is that you do have, I mean, a fan does perform a little different and it does wear a little different than a classic lash. So I, I understand that there's some value in understanding that, you know, um, but in terms of just the actual bonding, yeah, I don't think you need to. Yeah. Are so. we still friends? So, in, well, interestingly enough, and I can't speak for like the entire insurance industry in the UK. However, the ones that I'm aware of, um, for applying because in England if you're a lash artist and you want to lash other people you must have insurance to cover you to do so and every single lash uh, insurer that I have come across in the UK only requires you to have classic certification to apply pre-mates mm-hmm. like there isn't they do not they do not say no you must have the volume um qualifications or anything like that so for me I'm, I I agree 
95%. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about that 5%. Tell me. me. And the thing is, the 5% is you've actually, I believe, already touched on it. So I think you might just be able to get rid of that 5%. There is, for me, and experience, because I speak to a lot of lash artists, see a lot of work, um, is the things like the isolation and application of a fan, a volume fan, can be different to that of a classic lash where it's just one like because it's it's wider Uh at the top it's for sure um it turns different it twists yeah you've got a different base whether it's stacked bundled or flat and and where best to apply that on the natural lash to uh, to get a good bond i feel like that is important to know for me i agree like i said 95 percent. i think and uh, uk insurance says the same thing but for me i just I would hate to say to people, don't worry about learning volume, but which I know you're not saying yeah. that. You did right. say it's important to That's know. Right. But I definitely think that it is important to understand the things to do with volume fans. But I so yeah, I 95% agree with that. <laughs> no, I agree. I think that a class would be good to take because you know, those fans and the properties of them are different and they behave differently, especially on uh inner and outer corners and especially if you do dimension, like you you isolate the rows so that they're different. You need to know how they work and how to remove those and pop those things off. And you're going to get that more readily through a class and so, through somebody who's already done it and, and is experienced to show you how than to have to figure it out and, yourself. And that's the next evolution of education. We're going to see more and more where people are no longer just teaching classic and volume and mega volume, but they're going to teach techniques and styling and design and I know that's what we do. Tusney has a lash retention and design course. It's not for beginners. And it really is teaching people how to use classics, promades, and premades. You can do volume with her technique too, but it's really hard. So we say we're really aiming to do that. And I think we've seen Lash Anarchist Ali. She came out with her own class, which is only about fan making. And so you're going to have these specialties now, as opposed to the old yeah. school way where everyone was just, you learn classic, then you learn volume. And it's like, no, no, that's not the way the future is. It's going to be almost like styling, like haircuts. You know, once you go to school, you learn all the stuff and then you continue your education by learning different ways of cutting with different scissors or techniques. Or like this one guy we saw cutting with fire down in the South America, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to become popular, but that there's different ways of approaching it. So um, one thing I do want to say, cause you have insurance, which was interesting because the United States is totally different. Like in America, you do need liability insurance. And all you have to do is have an esthetician license. That's it. You don't have to, or a a cosmetology license. You do not need to discuss or share anything about lashes, at least not yet. I mean, maybe they'll come more detailed stuff, but right now, at least from, at least in California, maybe the States are different because I forget the United States it's different, I don't know, the UK, but we definitely have different laws in different states. So you're like, it's totally okay here. And then you go next state, and you're like, no, you can't do that. So it, it can be a little weird. But from my understanding, in the United States, insurance, if you're listening to Jamie and you're like, wait, I need to make sure I'm clear with my insurance, you don't in the United States. Well, it's very smart to have it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a good business practice. We have insurance and we encourage you as a business owner to get insurance because you want to be covered in case something happens. Well, in fact, you legally are required to have liability insurance. You can't be in business without it. But there's no information about what training you need to take to get that insurance, which is interesting to see. Actually, kind of, kind I like of cool it. that the UK like that. is requiring that for people. It means a little bit more. It validates someone's skills a little bit more than I think uh, than the United States where there are actually, I forget which states, but there are some states where you don't even have to have a license. Just do whatever you want. <laughs> this is the difference that we're finding between the UK and the US. The UK, in my opinion, is still is old school still because it is 
and the insurers take a long time to catch up because obviously they're not lash artists in the industry finding out it they're underwriters that don't know anything that that add special lines to their insurance based on a problem that happened once to some like this so yeah i agree it's it's strange that in the states st- between state to state someone could just do lashes if they want and yeah like who knows what they're who knows what they're doing and then in others isn't it like there's i've seen someone has you have to take hours upon hours upon hours of yeah. Texas training. Texas requires 300 hours of last training if you want to be an artist in Texas specifically, which is nice because it's less than most states require for estheticians. California, I think it's 600 hours in California to become an esthetician, and then you can do lashes. And then, and even then, they don't all know. Like we had a person come inspect our salon like five years ago, and she told us she was going to have to penalize us because estheticians aren't allowed to do lashes. And I'm like. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. Here's the guy. Here's yeah. the book. She's like getting on the phone. Yeah, She's like, she, she called her supervisor goes, they're doing lashes here and they're not estheticians. They're, some of them are cosmetologists and only cosmetologists are allowed to do hair. And she thought lashes over. You know. So here's the thing about knowing and knowing the law. It's like, once you do know the law, it's like, I had no concern about that. Yeah. Like, you know, we weren't scared. Yeah. So it's good to be prepared. <laughs> All right, guys, that's a wrap. We are all done. Thank you for hanging out with us today. And we will be back again next week with Jamie for our part two where we unpack more unpopular opinions. Hopefully you don't hate us. Hopefully you've maybe maybe been challenged and you're thinking a little bit, or at least now you know we're crazy. Whatever it is, hopefully you'll be back next week and we'll get more of those. I promise it'll be more controversial ones too. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Num Num Tusney, as well as our special guest, Jamie Butler, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. Remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. 